Welcome to Multifamily Real Estate Investing, presented by Mara Poling. My name is Pat Poling. I'm the founder and CEO of Mara Poling. Happy to be with you, as always, to discuss topics of interest to the multifamily real estate investing community. This week, we're doing something special. We recently held our State of the Multifamily Market for 2021, and we're going to share a bit of that with you this week, specifically looking at the 2021 economy. We want to take a look at what the consensus, I don't know if it's consensus or not, but certainly what some of the data is out there that tells us what we think the future might look like for the balance of this year around interest rates, the recession, when the recovery starts, what might be going on with GDP, unemployment, inflation, and of course, the impact of COVID-19 and the economy and the impact of uh, shutdowns and restrictions and openings and all of that good stuff that's going on. So I invite you to join us as always, if you have questions, shoot me an email, pat at marapolling.com. If you'd like to see this material in its entirety, go to the Learning Center at marapolling.com, the multifamily real estate channel, and you will find the full recorded webinar session, the 2021 State of the Multifamily Market. And with that, we'll dive right in. We want to look at the multifamily market for 2021, if we can see beyond that. A couple things to keep in mind. This is our vision, Mara Poling's vision. This is how we see the world. Now, it's externally sourced. Bill and I don't sit around and say, well, I think interest rates are going down. Well, I think interest rates are going up. We try and get data wherever we can. And when we're talking about forecasts, Forecasts, by their very nature, aren't data, but they can be data-driven, and we want to look at, at, uh, at things from that standpoint. A couple things we know with certainty. One of them is we're wrong, right? We don't know where we're wrong and by how much, right? So if we say we think interest rates are going to have some degree of stability to slight increases over the next year, two years, three years, we think that's correct, but we could be wrong. Interest rates might go down, they might go up dramatically, and we have no idea how much we're off by. We're going to share with you the vision that we have based on data that we have used to make decisions and that we are currently using to make decisions. You then can use that as a data point to put your own thoughts together about what you think the marketplace looks like. And by the way, all the photos you see as we go through uh, the session are photos of uh, Mara Poling uh, assets, as you can see the Edmund right there. All right, so let's start with interest rates. So interest rates are low, uh, historically low, and appear to stay there. Um, now, since we had this session, uh, there was a brief round of I want to say nonsense in the media about spikes in treasury rates. And that was because treasuries went from being a little below uh, 
100 basis points below 1% to being a little above. Uh, that didn't continue, and they actually retreated a few days later. So there's a lot of folks, I think, on edge about interest rates and where they might go. It's important to keep in mind the relative place we are at, and we'll look at that slide in a second. But historically, we're very low. We appear to be staying low. Now, there is absolutely going to be increased stimulus coming out of Washington, uh, whether it's in the form of additional stimulus checks that are already on their way out or additional checks that may come, uh, changes to the minimum wage, which is kind of an interesting uh, element to look at when we're talking about multifamily. Uh, clearly, uh, there are tenants in multifamily properties that earn minimum wage or very close to it that could be positively affected by it. There are others that could be negatively affected by it, right, by potentially a reduction in the number of jobs available in that particular space. And there are folks that aren't in the multifamily space right now, right? They're living with friends or family that were they to see an increase because of a change to minimum wage, they might be able to afford to move out uh, on their own. So there's definitely going to be an impact to multifamily from all the stimulus that's going on. We think it's a net-net positive. Um, will interest rates go up? Yeah, that's probably a reasonable expectation. If you look at the forecast that's laid out here, the 10-year notes are below one and forecasted to end the year above one. That's probably a pretty reasonable expectation is that that's where the 10-year will end up. But let's keep in mind that if, if we look at this chart, and this is a 25-year chart, and I, I must say, and I said this the other evening, um, it's really something to think that 25 years ago is the late 90s. Um, boy, that's, that's really aging me there. Um, but since that point in time, we've gone from treasuries as high as seven through a fairly continuous reduction um, for a variety of reasons. Some of that having to be that we don't see some of the normal inflationary pressures from the workforce because of improvements in productivity and efficiency through mechanization and automation uh, uh, and other uh, items along those uh, fronts. Even if you look at the recent peak, right, where we were a little above 3%, that is still historically less than 50% of where we've been over the last 25 years. Um, rates today are below where they were uh, from the last two recessions, including the Great Recession of 2007-2008. Uh, so uh, will rates go up? We think that's a reasonable expectation. Do rising rates spell trouble for the market? No, they don't. If you look back historically at the performance of multifamily, multifamily has performed throughout all of these cycles, even when rates were significantly higher than what we see here. So. Uh, an interesting data point, certainly something to keep in mind when we're underwriting assets, but rising interest rates are not a bad thing, and we do think there'll be some upward movement. Um, the recovery. So uh, we're in a recession. There's going to be a recovery. Not sure when. The If you look at this particular graph, so this is, this is from the uh, Fed uh, Board of Governors. This is what their thoughts are about future interest rate activity, which you can equate to uh, 
we, the Fed, are going to raise rates when we start to see an economic recovery such that we might want to not put the brakes on, but maybe get off of the throttle and be ready to start putting the brakes on if we see any sign of overheating. And they're showing that that really doesn't start to happen until 2022 and really 2023 in earnest. And, and I think that's a reasonable expectation. That's certainly the way we're thinking about it. Um, we still have significant impact from COVID-19. Um, you know, vaccinations and all the other things that are going on are, are going to help. Um, but we don't believe that there's going to be anything significant in terms of uh, recovery, certainly the first half of 21. Maybe we see some signs, some positive signs in the second half. But really, it's going to be longer term. It's going to be more in terms of 2022, we think, when we'll really start to see something that you could begin to call um, a recovery. And that's even with uh, the Washington uh, stimulus and so on, so on. So the good story about this, though, is we're seeing a lot of stability. Uh, and in the longer term, uh, you know, we're looking at Fed funds rate, if you look at that there, that are still pretty modest, you know, 2 to two to 3%. And there's no real definition of longer run. Obviously, it's beyond 2023 if you look at this particular chart. So that's an interesting data point from their side. Um, let's look at some forecasts around GDP growth, right? So uh, recession, negative growth, right? That's where uh, we were in 2020. Uh, we're in that still in 21, uh, but going to be coming out of it. Uh, how rapidly, what point in time in 2021, uh, that has a lot to do with some, we think, some of the impacts of the response to COVID. I'll talk about that in a moment. So we could see some fairly robust growth. As you can see, there's some projections here that say we could see something in the 3 or 4% range, probably in the latter part of 2021. And then that moderating as we get into 22 and 23, and longer term being in the 2%-ish range or so. Um, we think that's six months too early. We, I would take these and shove everything over so that 2021 is pretty much just staying where we are, not really any growth of any kind. And then in 22, we start to see that movement. We think that's a prudent way to think about managing a portfolio right now. Um, and if we are surprised with growth that is, in fact, greater than what I just said in line with this particular graphic, um, then that's a good thing. And we'll be really happy about that. Unemployment. So unemployment spiked dramatically when we had the, uh, the first uh, shutdowns associated with COVID back in the second quarter. Uh, we had these unbelievable numbers, right, in terms of first-time unemployment. Uh, millions of people applying every week. That number had been trending down in the last few reporting periods, it's gone back up. Uh, I don't know that we're back to a million. I think we were at uh, 900,000 uh, was the last number that I heard. But trending back up, reasonable to expect that one of the ways we're going to see uh, governments, uh, federal and state and local governments, trying to get their hands around COVID is going to be with some additional tightening, uh, shutdowns and restrictions on businesses and the like. Uh, so we could see uh, another blip in unemployment. Now, unemployment has dropped 
to the point where we're in that 7%-ish range. Now, that's not a terrible number, right? We were well into the double digits when all of this first hit. So it's a, it's a good recovery so far to get to that number. Um, I think we should expect that, you know, we could see 10% as kind of a number for a while and then have it really start to seriously move back towards the traditional full employment number of 4%, right? Something along those lines. And that's what we see in this forecast uh, here. Uh, higher now, improvements over time, and then stability really in that 4% range. Inflation, um, not an issue right now. Uh, a lot of folks, that's part of what caused this spike, uh, as they called it, a short-term spike in treasuries, was people suddenly getting very concerned that we were going to overheat the economy with the amount of stimulus that was going to be coming out. And then fairly quickly, the bond market said, yeah, I don't think you need to worry about that. And again, we're talking about, you know, maybe 10 basis points of movement that happened uh, in a very short period of time, right, in a day or two, that got a lot of folks um, energized about the inflation monster. Well, we simply don't have that as an issue right now. Um, that's a good thing uh, for the multifamily space. It means that as we have uh, health returning to the economy and the recovery moves forward, that there's a belief that there won't be inflationary pressures, which is good because that means there's opportunities there for us to con continue to grow the value of our assets uh, and to provide incremental benefits to our tenants that are, will be willing and able to pay for them because they're not having to pay more for a tank of gas or their groceries or whatever else it might happen to, um, to be. Now, a lot of this is tied back, yes, to COVID, but equally, if not maybe even more significantly, to government's response to COVID, right? So the federal government, state governments, local governments, what's the response to what's going on in the uh, pandemic space? So we believe there's going to continue to be disruption uh, in the social and economic space throughout 21. Uh, this graphic, and there's, there's a lot of different studies out there. This, this came from one of the the leading universities, there's a lot of them. They're all very similar. So we just, we picked this one. It had a nice graphic that helped tell the story that um, between a combination of just the number of people that are getting infected, which that's a, an unfortunate situation, but there are people infected and we are going to continue to see more people get infected as we go forward. That, you know, we're seeing something like 20 to 25 to maybe 30% of the population will have some degree of immunity by virtue of having been infected. Additionally, we can, you know, maybe double that number through uh, vaccinations. And vaccinations are getting a lot of press right now. Uh, it's been a little slower uh, than originally anticipated. Uh, there's also a, a big effort to, to ramp that number up. And I, I believe the data I saw just this last week said that we are in fact in fact, getting close to the rate we need to be at in order to hit that 100 million people vaccinated within 100 days um, uh, benchmark. If we can do that, then sometime around the 
probably the third quarter, it looks like, maybe sliding into the back end of the year, we will get to what can be described as herd immunity. Now, that 65% is a debatable number, and you'll see that a lot. However, I think what, what we're looking at is this, is obviously we're not immunologists and, and experts on any of this, but what we're looking at is how is the economy going to respond, and in particular, how are governments going to respond in terms of restrictions. We think this graphic paints a story that by the second half of the year, certainly heading into the fall, that we should be in a place where we can begin to see fairly significant reopenings of the economy. So to the extent that GDP growth has been restrained and unemployment has been boosted because of COVID shutdowns, not because people were sick or because people just lost their jobs by virtue of the normal movement of the economy, including the normal recession movement of the economy, but anything that was specifically triggered, triggered by COVID and the way uh, we all responded to it, we think those will start to go away. And that's what really lays the foundation for a more, more robust recovery. So all of that tells us that 2021 is a year in which we want to manage pretty much the same way we managed in 2020. We want to be mindful of cash. We want to look for intelligent opportunities out there. We're going to stay focused on uh, occupancy. We'll do everything that we can to achieve uh, the rent growth that we would like, uh, but this is a year to um, perform modestly and stably and position ourselves so that when the recovery occurs, we are ready to take advantage of it and that that probably starts happening around the latter part of 21, meaning that 22 is a really exciting year in our future. Well, I hope you found that of value. There's a lot more to the session than simply those topics. We also spent some time on economic vacancy and rents and cap rates and deal volume and other items that you might find of interest. So again, take a swing by the Learning Center at marapoling.com. That's M-A-R-A-P-O-L-I-N-G.com. Go to the Multifamily Real Estate channel, and there you will find State of the Multifamily Market for 2021. I hope you enjoyed this week's session. Please subscribe and join us next week for another episode of Multifamily Real Estate Investing presented by Mara Poling.